The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's a Thursday here on the Blog and the Boys podcast network, and it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with your man, Tom Ryle, and your boy, Roy White, at RW3 on Twitter. You can find him at TomRyleBTB, and of course, you can follow all the great content at Blog and the Boys on Twitter and at bloggingtheboys.com, where we get you a hit with not one, but two Cowboys podcasts every single day out of the week, and we get another doozy, Tom. Uh, just before the NFL schedule is set to be announced, we've already got a couple of pieces and uh, nuggets, if you will, morsels to chew on in regards to the Cowboys schedule, which we will get into in just a bit. But uh, this is an opportunity for you and I to kind of do a little bit of digging, right? A little bit of analytical work to, to see after everything has gone I would say not the way that Cowboys fans would have hoped this off season. This is where perhaps Tom, it's time for you to get sucked back in. No, it's no. when we look at the Cowboys and the opponents they will face. And ultimately what I'm getting to is, Hey, um, they might not be the best team in football, but all they got to be is the better team on a given Sunday. And it sure looks like with some of the teams they're facing, they might be expected to be the better team more often than not, at least according to our friends in Las Vegas. Yeah. And let me just say that that when you look at the schedule, I hate the fact that the NFL tries to make this big event out of the schedule reveal, which is, well, well, if you hate it, Tom, get ready, brother, because uh, the, contemplations the word around the league is that they are considering making this a multi-night event yeah that's released which i agree with you i do not (laughs) don't get me wrong like i'm excited to find out because people got to make plans right people got to make plans about what they're going to be doing on the nights that these games are going on but i mean we probably put a little bit too much stock into it, don't we? Yeah. And, we get, and sucked, the, we yeah. get sucked in by the NFL doing it to us. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, part of it is we're so starved for football content. And uh, it's it's a little it's a little pointless because 
a lot of the information that's being gathered is because teams are already making hotel reservations for the fall. And so it's really, you know, if, if, if team X is booking hotels on this weekend in this city, well, okay, that must be the, the week they travel there. And so it's, if that's how this stuff gets out. And of course the NFL can't resist dropping teasers like the announcement of the green Bay game. So it, it's the whole point is, when the games are played, don't matter as much as just who the opponent is. And that's where, where we come to what we're talking about a lot tonight, which is strength of schedule for the Cowboys. And according to a couple of sources, the Cowboys, because they wound up in the NFC East, because they are in the NFC East, and because of the other division that they wind up playing with the NFC North and all that stuff, they have a very manageable schedule. If you just look at straight winning percentages from last year, which, you know, there's a problem with looking back at last year to project what teams are going to be like this year. Sure, but it's but the traditional, look- like, I always like kind of separating this. I'm like, it's a little yeah. bit like the Jimmy Johnson draft board, right? There's it's new tradition. players in the game, and there are some better systems that work that way. But in general, when people refer to strength of schedule, they're referring to specifically what teams' records were a season ago. I think the same thing of QBR versus quarterback rating. People still use quarterback rating, right? But I think QBR is a more accurate indication of what you know a quarterback is actually doing for your football team. Um, there's a lot of examples like that, but I, I think it's good to start with last year's winning percentage. And by that metric, the Cowboys are tied with the Washington Commanders for the easiest strength of schedule going into the start of next season. And, you know, you can't do much better than being tied for the easiest, you know, other than just have the outright easiest. But mm-hmm. uh, that to me says – there are a lot of games coming up that the Cowboys should be able to win, which you say are getting sucked back into the excitement. And I mentioned on the uh, live stream on Tuesday that, no, my expectations have been lowered. And this isn't going – this doesn't raise them because we've known this for a while. The, the NFL uses a set formula – to line up who plays who and home and away. And we've known who they're playing. We've known who they're going up against. We've known the Jaguars are on the schedule. We've known the Lions are on the schedule. We know they play the NFC East teams twice uh, every year. And so this has all been there. It's just now that the schedule release is coming up where we're kind of focusing back in on it again. And that metric as you said, is kind of a very rough look, but it, it, it says that the Cowboys face a lot of teams that had trouble last year and therefore may be kind of still in the building trying to climb mode. While the Cowboys uh, have the core of their talent back, one person in particular we'll get to in a little bit because we're going to be looking at another thing that, that says that the Cowboys should be able to win games. That's why I think I still, I still maintain this team could be worse than last year and meet maybe even improve on their record. I'm not going to predict the improvement, but they could be very close to the 12 wins 
And I think getting to double, if they don't get to double digit wins, we should be very disappointed yeah. in what happens. Well, I'll be honest with you. I go back and forth on that. I mean, I agree with that statement. Um, I agree that the Cowboys could wind up being worse talent wise in 2022, but with a better record than they were in 2021. But I also look at like how much they dominated their divisional opponents last season. And it's kind of difficult to assume and expect that type of dominance from one year to the next in this division, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Perhaps you could have expected it in the Tom Brady AFC East years. Although I don't know at what point Patriots fans began to feel supremely comfortable with the fact that they were going to get five to six wins every year in the division, because even then those didn't always come to fruition. I feel like there were Mm -hmm. a couple of dolphins wins that snuck in there. And that's where for the Cowboys, like, should we still have a little bit of fearfulness that like, yes, those teams in their division were atrocious last year, but I think we can all generally agree that all three of them did get better on paper. Yeah, the Giants, of course, had the two very good first-round picks, although they fell off in the later rounds. There's a lot of criticism of what they did later. The Eagles, let's just be honest, on paper, one of the best drafts in the NFL, and they deserve credit for having done that. And well, the and, command- they, and the immediate talent they added. I mean, A.J. Brown being yeah. such a name and a weapon to go opposite of Devontae Smith like those those weapons are comparable to the Cowboys weapons quite honestly in the passing game now if you want to go a little bit deeper into it um our friend Timu Reese at PFF uh, also put up a thing looking at betting markets uh on on the uh the the strength of schedule and the strength of the team coming out of Vegas which the betting market lines are are pretty set by a bunch of really analytical people that you know make their living off of this stuff uh and that it is used in in raking in all that money they get from people who foolishly think they can make money betting on sports but the uh according to his metric the cowboys don't have the easiest but they're only slipped to fourth easiest that's still pretty good and by the way, the three teams that have an easier strength schedule are the other three teams in the NFC East. So yeah. being in the NFC East just gifted teams with what should be a lot of wins outside of the division. Um, and according to Vegas, the Cowboys also have a notably stronger team than the other division rivals, even after what they did in the draft and free agency. So this part of it looks good. The schedule seems to be lining up favorably from that aspect. Now there's another way of looking at it. Yeah, this is my favorite way. And this is the way I think that is the evidence is beginning to pile up to show that it is the most effective way to do it. And that is basing a team's strength of schedule on the Vegas win totals of Mm -hmm. the teams. And as you said, right, these are the odds makers. These are the ones that people foolishly think they can 
win against? Well, the proof is in the pudding. When you look at 2020 or 2021, rather, and the projected strengths of schedules, right? For the 10 most difficult schedules in the NFL, only three of those teams exceeded their expected win totals from Vegas. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, of the seven easiest schedules, only three of those teams, excuse me, 10 easiest schedules, only three of those teams failed to exceed their win total. So what does that say? It basically says like of out of the 10 best or worst teams, according to this metric, seven of them are going to do better than expected or worse than expected based on where they're at. That's so, basically 70% of them are going to meet or exceed expectations, whichever way you want to look at it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Bingo. And, you know, that's where, hey, you hang your hat on the Cowboys and where they stand. Even by that metric for 2022, the Cowboys find themselves with the 10th easiest schedule in the NFL, according to win projections and Vegas projections. And those lines have shifted a little bit, right? Back in March, before the NFL draft, the Cowboys had the sixth easiest schedule. They've fallen back to 10 for various reasons, right, of decisions that were made during the NFL draft, but 10 is still an extremely favorable spot to be in. And, you know, it's, I guess, how many years can we continue to expect this luck to kind of play out? Because it is a little bit a roll of the dice in that, hey, you're happened to be playing the NFC North, for example, where they're don't really seem to be any respectable quarterbacks outside of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And you're playing the FC South where there aren't really much of anything in the way of respectable quarterback, which brings me to another way. Just back away from the strength of schedule because RJ Ochoa has a piece up on blogging the boys already. One of the most accurate predictors of a team's success is just look at who their quarterback is. And RJ put together and looked at all of, I think it's 13 quarterbacks that they're going to face 
are 14 quarterbacks now with the 17 games. That, that, that messes me up every time. Mm-hmm. It's now 14 quarterbacks are going to face. You start off with two guys that you got to worry about big time. Tom Brady, who is going to go from being – Why would you worry about him, Tom? Uh, they picked him off like three times, if I remember correctly. They had no problem. In a loss. They had no problem turning the ball over again. Said, well, hey, they lost, but that wasn't. wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, let's not forget that. He still found a way to get the win. And then the next guy, of course, is Aaron Rodgers, who you've already mentioned. Uh, Okay, so that's two guys you're going to play. You need to be really looking at, okay, those could be losses. Well, you say that's two teams where the opposing quarterback is probably better than my own i think i think you have to say that right now that between tom brady's well both of them have so much experience uh tom brady's got the football savvy and rogers has a combination of savvy and he's still got an awfully good arm uh those two guys you worry about then the next two names are matthew stafford and joe burrow now they were the, the opposing quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, which says, okay, they're pretty good. How I think Stafford got elevated more by his roster and his coaching than most other quarterbacks in the league. Uh, they just did a marvelous job surrounding him with talent and all that. So, you know, that's that one's kind of you, you worry about a little about. Burrow is seems to be an ascending guy, but maybe a little bit of the same. They've got a good roster around him and everything. So yeah, I mean the that, combination of Burrow and the weapons, like that, I would put I think above what the Cowboys are rolling out there. And quite honestly, I think with the Rams too, um, you know, the combination of Stafford and Cup and the mm-hmm. weapons that they have on the outside. Um, Good synergy. I was going to say, they just added one. Uh, Allen Robinson, right? Yeah. They got Allen Robinson. So, you know, I know they traded Robert Woods, but shoot, I'd take those two. Again, I think over over our weapons and, and the combination of it, um, that's a little bit more dangerous to me. So that's probably four right there that I'm feeling dicey about, admittedly. Now, now it gets to be a little bit more fun when you look at the rest of the non-divisional quarterbacks. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Mr. Yeah. 500 himself. Ugh. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill, uh, where against the Titans, if you can stop their running game, uh, you probably stop their team. Uh, Matt Ryan with a new team in the Colts. Dangerous. Uh, uh I am just sounding the – I'm just raising the alarm a little bit on the Colts. I think Matt Ryan could actually have a little bit of a bounce back here. And with the cast that he has, I think the Colts could be really sneaky good this season. So I, I just say, you know, give me the grace to put a little feather in that one. And, uh, okay. and, and we'll revisit that. Then you've got Jared Goff. With the Lions, uh, which is kind of – is there such a thing as reverse synergy? Because uh, that's – you know, that team is – 
I think that team may become something in the future, but they're a ways off, and I think they're still a quarterback off. Yeah. I mean, if the difference between the Lions and the Rams is Matt Stafford and the Lions versus Matt Stafford and the Rams, then, boy, yeah, Jared Goff fell off a long way, uh, somewhat not his own fault, but at the same time, there's not anything there in Detroit to be concerned about, and certainly the quarterback is the least of them. Then you've got Trevor Lawrence trying to pick up the entire Jacksonville Jaguars organization on his shoulder and get them to wins. Uh, who's, you know, he, he's a young, talented guy with not a lot yet to work with. Uh, Justin Fields, who they're talking about, is going to be having to fight for his starting job in Chicago. Yeah. And Davis Mills of the Houston Texans. Um, you know, that team's kind of a hot mess. Mills did much better, I think, than anyone could have expected, but they've still got a long road to hoe there. And then, of course, they twice face the division rivals. You've got Jalen Hurts, um, Daniel Jones, and Carson Wentz back, only he's now wearing a commander's uniform instead of an Eagles uniform. Mm-hmm. I I don't think anyone can make, although there are people out there that are arguing it, I don't think anyone can really honestly state that Dak Prescott is not the class of that bunch. He's not the cream of that crop. Um, you know, I saw somebody predicting on, on Twitter that Hertz was going to win MVP. And it's like, there's something about being a quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles that people just find reasons to overhype you because well, I, I can somewhat understand the overhyping of Jalen hurts because Tom, I play fantasy football and <laughs> Jalen hurts in fantasy football. Oftentimes is a sneaky, good pickup. Um, mm-hmm. He's a guy who might end up in the top six or seven and you get him as like the 12th or 13th best quarterback in terms of draft position. So I think he gets hype in that way. Also, I think though, because when a guy can run the way that he does, you know, mm-hmm. it's not Lamar Jackson, but you see the impact that Lamar Jackson can have in a game. And Jalen seems to have somewhat of that similar impact. So I mean, I give them credit for, I think, at least – I shouldn't say them making – for him making himself into a viable quarterback while he's still figuring it out because I'm not sold on, you know, his pocket awareness and his ability to get the ball down the field. But, like, I do think where the overhyping comes in is primarily fantasy-related because when he runs the ball and racks up 60 or 70 yards, well, from a fantasy standpoint, Tom, that's as good as – you know, throwing for nearly 300, right? That's as good as throwing for 250 in and of itself. Yeah. I just want to see how well he outruns Micah Parsons. (laughs) (laughs) That man, that man is, is, is a heat seeking missile out there. Um, So I, I, if you just look at the quarterbacks, there's, there's four or five teams where you, you should be concerned about the the quarterback they're going up against. But then you look at the big picture. Some of them may not be in as good as situations. Others, like I said, Matt Ryan's looking to have a a bounce back year after really 
declining with the Falcons. He's probably on a better roster, but how much will that elevate Matty Ice? We'll have to find out. And, you know, a lot of a lot of guys that are still trying to find their way in the NFL, I think. Um, If I just matched it up, I'd say there's four quarterbacks that I'd argue that right now, maybe in their situation, I'd rather have than Dak. And maybe there's one toss up amongst the rest of them and every other one advantage Cowboys mm -hmm. at the most important position in the game. And funny enough, like it's so simple that it's almost stupid and irrational. And yet it plays out this way. Like Vegas will project them to like 11 wins or 11 and a half wins. And that's probably where they will end up. I think. Yeah. I I think they will too. Um, which is kind of what I've been saying. This team has enough of a core, I think, to be able to make some noise and get into the playoffs. What happens then is what's going to determine Mike McCarthy's future and, and how we feel about the team. And we have to see how, you know, we have to see. There are things that could go very right for the Cowboys, but they could just as well go very wrong for the Cowboys. Uh, the big one's going to be health again this year. That's that's always the joker in the deck. You never know how the injury when the injury card is going to turn up on you. Um, you know, all teams face it, and you see what look like you know favorites in the preseason suddenly they aren't because they get key injuries. Uh, things start kind of coming apart. And, you know, in other cases, uh, you know, the draft picks don't pan out the way they thought. Or let's face it, there's some bad NFL coaches out there. And, you know, just, uh, you know, that, that's, of course, one of the problems that Trevor Lawrence had with the Jaguars is that he had to go through the – incredibly failed urban Meyer experiment. Uh, so, you know, the, how many scars does he have from that? How well can he come back? Cause he's going to have, he literally as a second year starting quarterback is going to have to bounce back from a really bad situation. So, you know, I, I still see reason to look at the, the schedule and think that the Cowboys are going to be a contender this year. The trouble is how much of that is pretender rather than true contender. And that's, that's why my expectations are down. I'm going to go be going into every game rooting for the Cowboys to win, but not with these high expectations to get crushed. Hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I just, I just am taking a rational approach to it this year. And I'm kind of almost glad that we're kind of facing this. We don't have the, 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 you know, the, the shining hope in the draft because we could get to pick till 24 and what they're doing is, you know, a little bit of an experiment with moving a guy inside from to guard from tackle uh, and a guy that admittedly has a lot of technique issues to work on. And under the NFL rules, there's, there's just not as much time to work on that as once upon a time when they 
coaches could work guys all year long. And so we've got to, we've got to see, um, how, how I still how, say it's a long time for you to hold your stance, Tom. And I get it right. Uh, this has kind of been the recurring theme. Um, basically since Dak Prescott's rookie year, uh, yeah. Hey, they're good enough to dominate the division and they're good enough to get into the playoffs, but what will they look like relative to the rest of the team <clears throat> that remain? And, and up and to this point, really only one time had they looked the, like they could play the part. And of course they wound up, you know, bowing out in disappointing fashion, crushing fashion, yeah. arguably against the Packers. But that at that time, I thought that team was good enough to get there. Um, the team last year, I think I, I, in reflecting on it, I feel like smoke and mirrors a little bit. Yeah. We bought into the hype. And that's my whole thing is that when they, they start, the, you know, when they start trying to hype this team, don't, don't, don't get into it. Don't worry about, oh, will the Cowboys be able to, uh, to, to win it all this season? Let's just see if they can show some grit, uh, you know, maybe win some games that they, they, they struggle a little bit in. And then see if they can carry that over into the postseason. As as someone was talking about, they just need to have some dogs setting the tone. And Dak Prescott is one of those dogs, as as they mentioned. And they've got, you know, Micah Parsons is one. Demarcus Lawrence is one. And for all the various things we say, Ezekiel Elliott has that dog in him. You know, he's going to put everything he's got out there. So they just need to find well, better that. in his final year as a cowboy. <laughs> I, you know, I actually, and I will say it might not be his final year. I could see him if he does have a rebound, I could see him, uh, you know, playing in 23 as well while they draft his potential replacement, hopefully not in the first round, but um, um, never again for a running back in, in the first round. Well, I'll leave you with this then, Tom. You know, one thing, when you look back at the Cowboys season, right, you can kind of break it down into three parts. And I, I want you to just remember that this took place and think about this when we get the NFL schedule later tonight because it's going to be in my mind. At what point will the Cowboys do this in the schedule to take us all out of feeling good. Because remember, through the first eight weeks of the season, the Cowboys were six and one. Over the final five weeks, or excuse me, six weeks of the season, the Cowboys were five and one. But at some point there in November, the Cowboys found themselves losers of three out of four games, two of which... Denver and Vegas, in my mind, they should not have lost based on the opponent that they were up against. Yeah. So I'll be looking at the schedule tonight going, where can the Cowboys slip up to that extent? Because had they not done that, we might have never gotten really any clues that they were fraudulent up until the playoffs. At least we got a little morseling kind of indicating like there were problems and and the other there was that other little break in this the the season 
which was, you know, Zeke got hurt. And then a couple games later, Dak had his calf strain. Mm. And Dak was coming in basically without, you know, he didn't have a full offseason because he was still rehabbing. So both of them should be healthy to start the season. And if that, if their health holds up, this team could be fairly strong. And like you said, if they can maintain some consistency, then that might give us some hope for the playoffs. But no, I ain't getting sucked back in until I see something on the field. Well, that consistency question, that's going to fall right at the feet of Mike McCarthy. And at some point this offseason, you and I will dive deep into that. Perhaps next week, um, There, gosh, there was something that you said actually during this podcast that I would like to look into. The, the injuries that the Cowboys could not afford for 2022 maybe we'll dive into that next week but just throwing it out there of course we want to hear from you out there in cowboys nation specifically out there in sb nation and belong in the boys land hit us up on twitter right what do you want to hear us talk about we'd love to hear from you we'd love to take some topic suggestions from you talk about what you're interested in when it comes to the dallas cowboys but until that time uh we will continue to do what we do here, keep you riled up on the Dallas Cowboys every Thursday. And of course, look forward to the schedule reaction up on bloggingtheboys.com. We'll have all the scheduling information for you as it comes out. We've already got a rumors tracker up there on bloggingtheboys.com that can get you set up. So Tom, uh, any final words to part with uh, any expectations for the schedule that you're hoping to see um, especially now that we know, you know, at least one game has been spoiled and the Cowboys taking on the Packers there in week 10. Yeah. There, there is a rumor that the Cowboys are going to open against the Jaguars. And if I think it would do this team some good to have, you know, some cupcakes early on uh, because they are, they do have some players, uh, you know, um, that, that, I think, especially the rookies, that if they can get some of those games where the Cowboys are winning easily and get those rookies out on the field, it's the ones that aren't, you know, because, you know, we've got one maybe coming in as an instant starter at, at left guard. And, uh, you know, one who's going to be uh, by default probably starting at wide, as one of the three wide receivers. Uh, but the other guys getting them some more reps could do a lot to developing. And so I would not mind if the schedule is a little backloaded, uh, you know, build up some wins early on to kind of carry you through some tougher games maybe. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, they, you know, the NFL and all of its infinite wisdom, they're likely to, you know, somebody said that if they roll out the Jaguars to start, then they're, they're likely to face the Rams in week two to really get smacked hard. I was going to say, uh, expect Buccaneers or Rams there quickly beyond. Uh, at least remember this, the Cow. Uh, it feels like, in my mind, the NFL really likes to backload the schedule with divisional games. And last season, the Cowboys played four of their final five games against divisional opponents. Personally, if we're talking about cupcakes, 
give me the divisional teams early on and let me bury yeah. them and feel good about it. Yeah, I'd them. like to. I, I think they should they should uh, maybe save, not do more than three uh, of those last few games and do the other three divisional games in the first half of the season. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, the NFL doesn't listen to me because they have no idea who I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, find out at Tom Ryle on Twitter. You can, uh, excuse me, at Tom Ryle BTB on Twitter. You can follow me at RW3. And of course, hit up the uh, podcast and hit up our uh, website at Blogging the Boys. Until next Thursday, stay riled up on the Cowboys. We'll see you then. Enjoy the schedule. <laughs> <laughs>